0: I could see there could be some quabble, you know, quibbles, squabbles. I said quabbles. squabbles, um some quibble squ- squabbles, some scribble <laughs> squabbles about who owns what. Hey, Maniacs. It's Midsummer Maniacs.
1: It's Midsummer Maniacs, the podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies. Oh, there's loonies in this episode and everything else we love.
0: Right up the top, I have to say that I'm grateful that you are my podcasting partner. Okay. Because I listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. and- Everyone I've listened to over the last week or so has started out with, well, we're not in the studio. We're all in separate
1: places trying to record this. We're in the same studio we use all the time. I know, it
0: made no <laughs> difference to us at all.
1: Which is like just a room in our house. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but I'm, I'm just glad that we didn't have to figure out a way to do this at, the dis- at a distance. Though I do have to say that it used to be that putting on my headphones and sitting in front of the mic once a week was kind of a treat. And it was you know, an unusual thing to do. We only did it once a week. But now I have so many online meetings that I feel like I live in my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just glad that we don't do a video podcast because <laughs> I'm really tired of being on camera this week.
1: And another thing, one of the podcasts I listen to, the guy usually does his video cast and he edits it. And then he's doing a lot of live podcasts now. And you get all the ums and ums and buts and so's and all that stuff. So, you know, he's not perfect now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we knew he wasn't perfect before, but he said it was more anxiety for him.
0: It, w- it was made him anxious to not edit all that stuff out. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I'm on TV every time I have a meeting now, so <laughs>
1: it doesn't really matter anymore. I have thought of us doing a possibility of some like a live, a Facebook live where we're watching an episode or something like that where you could watch it along with us, but we watch in such a weird way. I don't yeah. know if it would be okay. <laughs> Plus our children would come in and interrupt everybody at that point say, in time. It's
0: like the, um, The Netflix party mode now, where you can watch something with other people who are further away. And whenever one person pauses it, it pauses it for everybody. We would just annoy the shit out of the entire (laughs) internet. Because we would pause it and go, What did that sign say? Rewind it, rewind it,
1: pause it. Yeah. And we'd be like, When I watch the episode the first time, I do it on my computer so that I get all the Amazon x ray stuff. So I knew who's on the screen at what time. And then, second of all, I have much more fine controls of forward back and pause on my watching it on my computer than on our smart television.
0: Yeah, which when you press rewind can go back anywhere between 2 seconds and 2 hours. It just yeah. randomly jumps.
1: On the computer I have 10 second increments yeah. that I can speed <laughs> through, right?
0: So we um probably like most of you who are listening are in self-isolation. We both work at schools. I work at a university and Mark works at a K-12. And both of our schools are online only now through the end of the semester. And it's just meant that we are home with our three 18-year-olds all day, every day.
1: The dog (laughs) wishes us all to go away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And as a result of not moving very much, because even though we have a, a big house, there's only so much distance you can cover And just having more time at home, I've been cooking so much. I think I'm going to gain about five pounds a week. The longer we're in self-isolation, the fatter I'm going to (laughs) get. Well,
1: the way our house is set up, you have to kind of go through the kitchen to get everything, to go anywhere. And it's like, oh, well. uh, uh, I'll just grab a cookie. Grab a cookie or something while I'm going through the kitchen here.
0: A big piece of that. 18 pound ham you bought.
1: You requested me to buy ham. I said you you wanted leftovers. Yeah. Four or five pounds
0: would have been fine. You bought an 18 pound ham. How long did it take to reheat in the oven yesterday? Like seven hours. (laughs) We didn't eat dinner until 830 last night, even though I put the ham in the oven at like 330 (laughs) because it's like 250, uh, 250 degrees Fahrenheit, 15 minutes for every pound I'm like, well, that'll be ready by tomorrow. Yeah. We finally just gave up and ate the hottest parts.
1: (laughs) We hope you're doing well on self-isolation and quarantine or whatever we're calling this. To me, it's great that you, uh, different people have said to us that they really appreciate our podcast continuing. Somebody posted on Instagram the other day that one of their top five favorite things right now was the, the podcast.
0: I'm so glad. If we're helping one person get through this self-isolation, I, it's totally worth doing. And for those of you who aren't in self-isolation because you're an essential employee somewhere, whether it's a grocery store or a hospital or a delivery person, anywhere in between, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. The Absolutely. rest of us could not be doing what we were doing,
1: what Absolutely. we are doing,
0: if it weren't for you.
1: Those are the real heroes.
0: Absolutely. I just I, I just want to go over to the grocery store and like hand out $20 bills or something to the people working.
1: <laughs> I, I go to the grocery store. I'm, I'm the designated sole person to go out of the house. Because right. they've
0: they've suggested that um, that you designate one person in your family who will go out and do run errands, pharmacy, grocery store, that kind of stuff. So it's a mark for
1: us. So I do that. And I'm like in the line at the grocery store. And I'm Canadian. So I'm like, sorry, thank you. Thank you. Sorry sorry, thank you, thank you, sorry. And the people are just looking at me like, what? Why are you buying an 18-pound ham? Yeah. (laughs) How many people do you have at home? We're going to eat this
0: ham until this baby's over. (laughs) It's our Corona ham. (laughs) It's going to last us
1: until quarantine is over. Well, and the other thing is, so we're really five adults in this house. Yes. So we have a dish load that is constant.
0: Constant. Dishes. And and yet three of us are teenagers, so they're all not me, not me, not me about doing the dishes. (laughs) Uh, We're whining over small things. I'm glad that this is what we have to complain about and not something
1: else. We're very lucky. We're all healthy. Everybody we know really closely is healthy. It's we're very, very lucky. And
0: there are so many little bright spots. So a couple of things, if you haven't noticed them yet. You should definitely check out. we We love Taskmaster. We just think it's so much fun. And
1: so, so Taskmaster is a I it's a
0: British quasi game show with celebrities who yeah. complete these goofy tasks. They're so funny, so if you
1: don't know it this already, Britain has this sort of tradition of putting comics on television to do game shows, right? So Countdown is an actual game show. In England, but they have this version of Countdown that has comedians on it where they don't really care about points or what's going no, on. It's right? just funny. It's all funny. But Taskmaster, they get serious oh, about yeah. those tasks.
0: Well, so the show is great. You should watch it. It's on YouTube. But Greg um, Davies
1: is the host, and
0: Alex Horn is the co host, and, and he's the he one created who created it. it. Yeah. yeah. But now during the coronavirus kind of self quarantining thing, Um, Alex Horn has been putting out a daily task for people at home to do and submit videos on Twitter. The hashtag is home tasking and you should definitely check them out. It's been fantastic. (laughs) If you need a laugh, if you need to feel like there is sunshine in the world, check them out. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Lots of families.
0: Oh yeah. Doing really fun things together. Fun
1: Goofy things together.
0: The other thing I'm really liking right now is um, Jimmy Fallon who does the late show here in the U S is doing the late show Home Edition. And so he's filming at home without all the rigmarole. And it's just very positive and happy and funny. And genuine, and absolutely worth checking out.
1: And he does it with his his daughter. Do- his wife films it, and his daughters are kind of co hosts. Yeah, they're like
0: five and three. Yeah, and they're, <laughs> they're super fun. cute. Yep. Uh, and you can drool over his house that has a slide built into it. Yeah,
1: we don't we have a, we have a spiral staircase, but we don't have a slide. We could turn it into one though. Yes, we could. And
0: by the time this is over, we may.
1: <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Just for fun. Well, yesterday, Mo and I organized the library. So. Yeah. That's the point we're at right now. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So hopefully you're coming up with fun things to do to keep things moving in your house. And if you have any fun ideas, leave them in the comments. Send us a a tweet or an Instagram post. Post it on Facebook or whatever and let us know what you're doing. I'm sure we'd all benefit from the ideas. Okay. Are you ready for Straw Woman? Straw Woman. Okay. Okay. This is... Uh, season seven episode six
1: yes season seven episode six filmed in november and december two 2003 that's another point i want to bring out it's filmed in november and december and the woman who is jemima's body double mm-hmm. for the nude scene uh,
0: it's cold she must have been cold well
1: you could see her breath Ah, uh, yeah. It, it, it would have been awfully cold. Yeah. But more on that later. And then uh, it was shown on the 29th of February, which makes it a leap year.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, that day wouldn't have existed. Is that what you're saying? Yes. yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> With 10.03 million viewers. Directed by Sarah Hellings and written by Jeff Dodd.
0: It's not one of my favorite episodes.
1: It's it has- midsummer,
0: so it's great.
1: It has so much potential. It does. <laughs> it has a giant straw woman.
0: Yeah, burning. It has a pornographer. <laughs> yep, gay vickers, naked gay photos. Gay vickers,
1: naked photos.
0: Spontaneous human combustion. Yep. It has all kinds of good stuff.
1: Witches. <laughs> no, wait a minute. There's no witches. No. Never mind. No witches.
0: <laughs> so let's let's hit the high notes here before we, we dive in. So we've got a pretty small cast of characters, right? We've got... Yep. Um, Alan Clifford and his daughter, Joe, okay. and then Alan's um, hospice nurse, Agnes
1: Waterhouse. Yes. She's taking care of him as he's dying from the big C.
0: Right. And then we've got Margaret Hopkins, who's a former magistrate, and her boyfriend, Dr. Cole. Yes. And Cole's son, Matthew Cole, who's an amateur photographer.
1: Okay. So a couple of things. One, in the Midsummer Magazine for this, who's who on this, they have a little line between Dr. Cole and Margaret and it says lovers question mark. They're, they're engaged. They're engaged and they're doing the lip lock in his, uh, but not surgery. in public
0: and nobody knows they're engaged. Right. But still. So they're, they're a couple, but they're on the quiet. I don't know. Do you, do you have to be having sex to be called lovers? Uh, I d- Cause I doubt she's into that before being married. Yeah. She's extremely religious.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just, but then she's like, oh, Dr. Cole. Like, <laughs> like, and I think it's implied, it's not shown, but I think it's implied that he's unbuttoning her shirt.
0: Yeah. When you know. Tom catches them in, yeah. a, in Cole's office. Uh, then we've got a couple of people from the village. We've got Kate Malpas, who is a, a homeopath. And then the school teacher, Liz Francis.
1: And we have assorted other villagers. You should just call them a mob. Yeah. They're all just they, a mob. All they do is get angry. For no reason. Nope. So this takes place in Midsummer Parva. hmm And the pub is the Oak. So it doesn't really relate to the story at all. It's not an aptly named pub at all.
0: Except that the Oak is the tree that the witches were hung from in the village way back when.
1: Yeah. The witches of Red Herring. Sorry. Yes. <laughs>
0: So we start with a with a ceremony of burning a straw woman, which is the first time in recent history that they're doing this in the village, but apparently it's some kind of way back old tradition. We'll talk about that. I know it can't be a tradition if it's the first time. There's a significant time gap between when they last did this in the village and now. And the reason they're doing it is that Liz Francis, the school teacher, kind of dug up this old tradition and thought it would be fun to bring it back into the village to kind of build yep. The community
1: yep i i harped on this when we were watching it but i understand but how can it be a tradition as well as this is the first time we're doing things but you bring up something interesting um usually when you have days and nights you change clothes between days and nights <laughs> and different days have different clothes Right, yeah, yeah, this episode does not follow that in the least. I
0: feel like the wardrobe budget has really, really shrunk on midsummer for some yeah. reason during this season. <laughs> Kali wears the same clothes every time you see her that stupid blue and yellow boat neck shirt. Yeah, and poor Liz Francis gets two ugly sweaters, a skirt, and a pair of pants.
1: That's it. Well, Joe's the same way, she has two outfits. She has the I'm a squaw outfit, and then she has the I'm a hippie outfit with the patchwork pants. Yeah, and the leather trench
0: coat. There are a lot of leather jackets and coats in this episode.
1: Well, it's November and December. You wouldn't want to be out there naked. Wait a minute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the first death is Alan Dakin. He was a curate. He's burned alive in The Straw Woman, right? Yeah. Then we get a second death. The second death is... The vicar.
1: The vicar and the curate are lovers, Mm -hmm. as we see from a horribly photoshopped, most uncomfortable gay picture ever.
0: Yeah, of them in their swim trunks on a
1: beach. Yes, supposedly. And basically, the reverend does nothing but run around hysterically after his lover dies.
0: Yeah. Until he dies. And then he bursts into flames in the church, right? Then you get this whole plot with... The doctor and Joe Clifford yeah, about how he wants to take her on a trip and he's always licking his lips at her and stuff. Then she fools Matthew into going into the woods with her and has him take some pictures of her, which she then gives to Dr. Cole, which then Margaret finds out he has. Then Dr. John Cole dies again.
1: He doesn't die. No, right. right. He's, he's, he catches fire too. He also catches fire after being hit. In the head by like a piece of big candlestick big or candlestick yeah, or something, wood or something. He, he's not in a good way, he's no. not dead, but he's certainly not in a good way, right?
0: Because Liz Francis finds him and puts him out, yeah, right? But that won't last because even though she has a romantic night with Scott, the very next day she's then burned alive in the same church. This church, well, do a little
1: more than romance, he spends the night.
0: I said a night of romance. This church should have been blocked off as a crime scene day one when the curate was burned alive.
1: Everybody goes through that crime scene tape like it's butter.
0: I mean, after after the reverend burns in there, I would be hesitant to go in. After Dr. Cole burst into flames in there, I certainly wouldn't have gone in. I mean, Liz is just dumb.
1: Well, plus they have that big, uh, what do you call it? It's a... Uh... Fireproof rug yeah. <laughs> on the floor. Aren't you glad that they do? <laughs> and
0: Tom and Scott almost get in some stunt scenes here when they're trying to put out Liz. Yeah. They're close to actual flame. Yep. Now, it may be a trick of the camera that makes them look like they're a little bit closer than they are. The way but they're they did still with, close enough.
1: The way they did with the episode where the car bursts in flames yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. But this is, so this is the by far the most pyrotechnically complex Episode of Midsummer,
0: absolutely, and so we find out that Agnes Waterhouse is the killer, right? Yes. We've got these red herring plots, right? Is it is it witches? And the village thinks that Liz Francis is a witch, and they think Kate Malpass, um, who is a homeopath, they think she's a witch. There's this whole subplot around Alan Clifford buying the the big mansion and deconsecrating the church, and how the village wants that church back. But in reality, Agnes's motives are far simpler. Alan wants to turn the mansion into a hospice after he dies. Which is fantastic. And she's removing anybody who is an obstacle to that, right? So both of the ministers wanted the church back and they might have stopped it. She's also um, very protective of Alan and wants him to have the death that he wants to have. And she won't let anybody get in the way. And she thinks Kate is in the way of that. And then, yeah, of course, she gets jealous of Kate. But she is just absolutely loony toony by the end.
1: Completely loony toony. Like
0: wide-eyed, non-blinking, smiling weirdness. Yeah. Just over over the, the point of any kind of logic. In the end, it all boils down to one thing. If Alan had revealed his plans for the mansion earlier none of this would have happened. Yes. Because everybody would have agreed. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay.
1: The curate and the reverend would have been like, that's a wonderful thing that adds to our community. Dr. Cole would have appreciated because his wife died of natural causes. I'm assuming something like cancer or something like that. He would have wanted a hospice in the community and seen the value of it. And I even think crazy. This is really the tale of two crazy ladies. Margaret is crazy. and And Agnes Agnes is crazy. crazy.
0: Margaret is fanatical. Yeah. So what is Agnes's motive for killing Liz?
1: That she realizes because of the wind turning the book to the right pages. Remember, the wind is a plot point. (laughs) Eerie voices and whispers that she's trying to frame Kate Malpass. Right. Because
0: she discovers in the old archives that it was Kate's ancestor, was hung as a witch yeah so clearly somebody's trying
1: to frame kate and i don't know why she immediately knows it's agnes other than agnes barnaby the curate and the reverend all visited the research dungeon in the bottom of the church
0: (laughs) so that's kind of the, the quick overview yeah right so let's dive into some fun stuff yes can i just say that I absolutely abhor the music at Clifford's party. Okay. I, what uh, is up with that music? In, it is a looping, like 10-second clip over and over and over and
1: over again. In, in my notes, I call it Country Polka.
0: Yeah, it's Country Polka. And the other thing I don't understand about that party is it's clearly like a Wild West theme. Everybody's dressed as like uh Cowboys. Like cowboys and like girls, saloon girls. Or- and then Alan's dressed as Elvis. I, I don't understand. And she's kind of dressed as an s- explorer. No, I think she's supposed to be a cowgirl. Okay. Kind of like, oh, the Woody's sidekick in Toy Story. Okay.
1: Okay. I don't know what her name is.
0: I don't remember her name either, but that character is a toy that's dressed like yeah, that. Yeah, or cow- Annie
1: Oakley. Yeah,
0: it's that kind of that kind of. Well, um, Joe outfit. is dressed as the Squaw. Pocahontas or something. It's just anything to show off cleavage, basically. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, that music. Wow. I even like listened to it a number of times to try to figure out the chords that they're playing. And it the chord progression is just horrific as well.
0: <laughs> I'm also not really clear on the whole straw woman burning thing and why Liz wanted to bring it back. She's a very logical, sensible person. She She says that her whole aim is to remove the kind of prejudice, prejudice and, and stereotype and ignorance. Are
1: you telling us ignorant? Yeah.
0: <laughs> around, around these women being hung way back when as witches and that whole kind of paranoia. And yet she's got her kids drawing pictures of witches that are green skinned pointy hat wearing.
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: like all over her classroom.
1: <laughs> this is another great episode <laughs> of horrific children's drawings. Yes.
0: <laughs> I just don't understand why Liz would would do that. Why she would have the kids drawing these stereotypical witches when her whole idea is to, you know, kind of undo the damage of this prejudice.
1: Yeah, so let's build a giant straw woman and set it on fire.
0: Yeah, because that's what they used to do. (laughs) Okay, maybe, this is crazy, but maybe they should have done some research into the actual women who were killed and found out what they were really like.
1: Maybe did a... Women of the Middle Ages party, or like a like a ren fair yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. No, no, she's a witch burner. <laughs> also, I'm going to say that the, the the straw figure that they burn is in no way a woman.
0: Well, it doesn't have legs.
1: Yeah. Right. So it has like a skirt shape at the bottom. It, it kind of has a skirt shape, but. Other than that, there's no real reason to call it a woman. And in the magazine, there's a reference to Wicker Man that we've talked about a dozen yeah. times. But it's kind of stuck on there. It was like an excuse of, this is something interesting to look at, so we should do that. So I looked into
0: burning effigies. Yeah. And I know we're going to have listeners who know a lot more about this than, than we do. Well, I apologize.
1: Uh the druid guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I apologize if I make mistakes, but I could only find two traditions of burning women shaped effigies, female effigies. And one is Shrovetide, which is also Pancake Day. Yes. Right. And so there is a tradition of burning a female effigy then. While you're
1: running with your pancakes.
0: Yes. <laughs> if you want to mash up some traditions together. Yes. But the other one is Valpurgis Night. Which is I I keep wanting to say which is and I say witches. Witches. Valpurgis Night is April thirtieth or May first. It's like the overnight between yeah. those two dates, and uh, it's largely celebrated in Prague now. That's the biggest place where you can attend a Valpurgis Night ceremony celebration, and it is a witch burning. Okay, they they burn female effigies made of straw and wood, meaning to to symbolize witches being burned. There's this story about that's the night that these witches would meet on these mountaintops and hold these big ceremonies. Okay. So they would light fires at the top of mountains to kind of scare them off. Uh, And so now it's become this effigy burning ceremony. Though I've I've found some really funny news stories about, hey, Valpurgus night is back on because the drought is over. (laughs) <laughs> right? So there were a couple of years in Prague where they couldn't do it because it was so dry that it was dangerous to have burning effigies. And the kids were sad. They were we sad. don't get to burn anything, man. No books, no witches. These ladies don't get to be burned. <laughs> but hallelujah, it rained a little bit, so they were able to have the ceremony. Well, hopefully and they'll have it this year. Burn them effigies. <laughs> but uh, my, my personal favorite... Effigy burning ceremony is Zozobra. Zozobra, who's not female, okay, but Zozobra is fantastic. Look it up. Z o z o b r a.
1: Okay, put this in the show
0: notes. Zozobra is a giant effigy that they burn every year in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Okay. Okay. And the idea is that you burn him to destroy the worries of your prior year to start the oh, new year. Okay. Okay. But Zizobra is no regular effigy. Okay. Zizobra is a giant marionette. Oh. Okay. He's like five stories tall. Okay. I mean, humongous. Yep, fifty feet tall. He moves. Oh. Okay. While he's on fire, he moves. But the best part is that one man, it's been his job for years and years and years and years, as long as they've been doing this, does his voice. Oh. So while he's burning, he goes, oh. while he's moving around on fire Oh,
1: that sounds so fantastic. It
0: is terrifying and awesome. We'll you got you got to look definitely it up. Definitely put it's video
1: fantastic. of that. <laughs> and that's in America. Yeah. In Santa Fe. Yeah. Excellent. Zosobra. When when did they do this?
0: Uh, early in the year because it's like a New Year's tradition. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh boy. Just imagine if this the straw effigy had been a zozobra. Yes. Right. <laughs> then they really wouldn't have noticed the vicar was inside at burning alive. They would have been like, "Wow, he's really yelling this year. He sounds so great." Well, and never mind.
1: Okay, the vic—they set it on fire. The reverend—the reverend basically kills his lover. Yeah. Accidentally. Yeah, because it. it's his job to light it, right? But he starts screaming, and they all stand around like, "Wow, that's horrific."
0: <laughs> Maybe call the fire department. <laughs> And by the time the cops are there, not only is the straw woman gone, but the curate is just
1: bones. Oh, when, we get, when we get to the best corpse of the episode, we have some issues here.
0: Well, I want to talk about this because this pertains to all of the deaths in this
1: episode. Yes. Is so- it Dr. Cole's fat that saves him? <laughs>
0: No, because if you're talking about real spontaneous human combustion, fat is your enemy. Yes. It's like your candle wax. But that's a whole other topic. Whole other topic. Let's just talk about burning. Yes. Okay? Okay. So what I wanted to know, like you just commented, how long did these villagers just stand around watching this guy burn?
1: His straw is going to go up pretty quick.
0: And it's not like you could look away. No. And they clearly, even if they called for the emergency services, they didn't hose it down in time for
1: anything to be left. Never mind the fact of why would you do, okay, health and safety is not going to allow you to do this without a fire truck right beside it. Right there. With the hoses already pointing at the effigy with the water in the hoses already.
0: (laughs) Plus if I'm awake enough to open my eyes and yell, I am busting out of that thing. (laughs) Like you can't punch your way out of straw. I know he was drugged. But he's clearly quite awake when they
1: light it. <laughs> he's got the one eye. Yeah.
0: Ah. So I looked into this because I wanted to know if they did in fact just stand there until it till the fire burned down to the point where it is when George is poking at it, how long would they have been standing around going, Wow, this is really unfortunate and awful? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Still burning. Yep. Like how long would that be? In reality. The curate would have been dead in 30 seconds to a minute. Yes. Right? Because he would die of smoke inhalation really quick. Before anything. So at least the screaming would have stopped pretty soon. Okay. So they wouldn't have been standing around listening to him scream for a really long time. Right? Yeah. But still it burns. Yes. So a wood bonfire can burn at temperatures up to 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Because there's wood at the bottom of this. Yes. Yeah. So in the center of a really good bonfire, you're talking about 2,000 degrees. Okay. Okay. And I'm talking Fahrenheit here for our international listeners. I'm sorry. We use the old measurements here in the U.S.
1: The only place that uses them.
0: Now, when George is poking at the ashes, it's just bones. Just bones. How long does it take or at what temperature does it take to get a human body to that point? I'd
1: say twice as much as a wood fire. No. Oh.
0: So a crematorium... The oven in a crematorium reaches 1,400 to 1,800 degrees. Okay. Which is cooler than a bonfire. Yes. That's telling you something. Yeah. So if a crematorium takes three hours to burn a body to ashes. Yeah. So three hours at 1,600 degrees. Yeah. Then a body at 2,000 degrees would burn in about an hour and 15 minutes. So they stood around. For an hour and 15
1: minutes. I think we should tell the fire department. Oh, they're way over in Midsummer Magna. No. <laughs> it's so far. It's too far. We would have to rent a boat, and take a train. <laughs> it's too far. <laughs>
0: Don't they show some people putting water out when George is there poking around? No, I don't think so. I have a feeling there's somebody in the background kind of like hosing things off, but.
1: The health and safety man is watching this episode going, no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> yeah. now I take that back. Okay. So if a body in a crematorium burns for three hours at 1600 degrees, then a body in a, a wood bonfire would burn in about two hours. Okay? Yeah. So they stood around for two hours. Yeah. To get him to that point. Two hours. And not throwing water on it. Nothing. But everybody else who's killed in this episode is killed by putting white phosphorus in a solution on their clothes.
1: Yes. Right? Now, does white phosphorus burn? It
0: burns at 5,000 oh. degrees. <laughs> Ava. Wow. So- More than twice what a a wood bonfire does. So one of the things that bothers me about this episode is like Liz and the vicar, they're just piles of ash. Yes. Which is exactly what they actually would be. Yeah. If they were burned with white phosphorus. But it would take longer. No. Oh. Because a body can burn to ash in three hours at 1600 degrees. At 5000 degrees, it would take 30 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes to get to crematorium style ashes well, at l- that temperature.
1: Luckily the church has a fire extinguisher that's
0: empty. Well, they already
1: used it. Yeah, no, like, okay. If you've used your fire extinguisher, what is job one?
0: People were a little busy <laughs> to think let's replace the fire extinguisher. And surely nobody else will come in here and catch fire in the very same way in the very same spot. Surely not.
1: Oh, personally. wait, they do.
0: So this problem I had with this episode about these piles of ashes, my, after doing this research, really my only problem is the fact that there are kind of like clothes laying there. Yeah. It's like their bodies have burned, but their clothes haven't, but their clothes are actually what are caught fire. Yeah. So they would definitely be gone too.
1: Well, and the fact that they like, I can only imagine the producers coming to the lo- like the location person says, I found a church. It's awesome. It's beautiful. Okay. So then the producers go to the people who run the church and are like, well, we want to set four people on fire in your church. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know you've got these nice wood pews two feet away from where we want to yeah. catch the fire.
1: No, no, it'll be safe. There'll be a big blanket down. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: so, you know, long story short. I can't believe they did it pretty in realistic. a church. I cannot believe they did it in a church.
0: I couldn't find any definitive proof of what that chapel was. I could find information about the exterior shots of that church and what church it was, but I couldn't find any proof that they actually filmed those in a real chapel.
1: Do you think they made a set? I don't
0: think they made a set, but it could have been a lot rougher than you think it is. And they dressed it.
1: They dressed it. it that's a possibility. Yeah. There like, are, there are some, some kind of rundown churches in England, you know?
0: Yeah. Now, there are some and shots hey, the from eight. the altar's point of view. They show
1: all the pews.
0: Yeah, and it, it does look, you know, like a, like a real chapel. But, you know, you put a couple pews in there and an altar yeah. with some cloth on it, and it, it pretty much looks like an active church. Yeah. It wouldn't take a lot.
1: The, this episode needs a behind the scenes. Yeah. It does. That's my rant about burning people. Okay.
0: Let's talk about Alan's
1: house. Okay. Alan's house has a hedge mage in front of it. Mm-hmm. Hedge maze in front of it.
0: A hedge mage is something completely different. Yes,
1: that's completely different. A hedge
0: wizard. Yes. Completely
1: different. So what do you it's know? It's a beautiful hedge maze. What do you know about hedge mage- mazes?
0: That they're really expensive and they take a long
1: time to grow. Yes. Uh, and I wouldn't want to maintain one. They. They started in the 17th century, 16th century in Europe as entertainment mm-hmm. for rich people. Right. And it, it was a conspicuous consumerism thing. It was like, I'm so rich, I can have a hedge mate.
0: These must be very patient rich people. In 15 years, we can go out into that maze when <laughs> I mean, all
1: those bushes have grown up big enough. Now, I know you know this, but some of our listeners might not know this. That there's a difference between a labyrinth and a maze.
0: Yes. A labyrinth has only one way in and out. Yeah. And it's really, you really can't make a wrong turn in a labyrinth.
1: A labyrinth is technically unicursal. Yes. It has one path. While a maze is multicursal.
0: The The labyrinth in the movie Labyrinth with Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie is actually a maze. Yes. They should have called that movie Maze. But that would have been boring. And Labyrinth that's a great movie. So. It's a really good movie.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful maze. I tried to find where it was. I looked everywhere to find locations. I saw lots of pictures of this maze, but I couldn't find where it was, unfortunately. It's kind of short, too. It's like it maybe is. waist height. You could see a, oh, it's over there. Yeah. And if you, you could, got stuck, you, you could, could climb step over. over the, <laughs> it's not like the maze in Endeavor.
0: yeah. That's a that's a real maze. Yeah. So the other thing about his, his house is he's supposedly turning the chapel into like a love
1: shack or something, right? And they're fighting over ownership of this chapel.
0: Yes. Over he's had it deconsecrated. It's his bedroom. And he has this nice round, beautiful bed that looks really comfy. And then Agnes gives him a gift of a new bed.
1: Now, is that in the same room? Yeah. Okay.
0: It's half the size, it's heart shaped, and it looks like it's made out of plywood.
1: I was like, (laughs) Did you get that? The Poconos lady?
0: (laughs) When he sits on it, it doesn't, there's like no cushion at all. It's like a sheet over plywood. Yeah. Like, wow, I don't want to lay on that
1: bed. No. (laughs) And it's dinky. It's. It's really dinky. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about this. Alan is supposedly, well, Margaret calls him a pornographer. Yeah. And I think he's supposed to be like a Hugh Hefner type. Like a Hugh Hefner yeah. type. But it, there's no magazine or anything. There's no proof that he actually makes pornography.
0: No. And I, I think he
1: is retired. But he certainly has that playboy lifestyle. Right. Right. He the silk pajamas and stuff. Yeah. He rebuffs agnes at the beginning for the girl with more cleavage yeah (laughs) but like he really does no wrong in this episode no and and the chapel is attached to his house if something's attached to my house i own it right (laughs) i don't care if you think it's a chapel i own it
0: (laughs) yeah but you know in the uk uh, that can be different I'll go right. down to the
1: research dungeon and prove it.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you live in a semi detached house and your house is actually attached to something that somebody else owns, I could see there could be some quibbles, you know, quibbles, squabbles. I said quabbles. Squabbles. Um, some quibble, squabbles. Some <laughs> squibble, squabbles about who owns what. You know, that's my wall. That's my garden. No, it's mine, whatever. But this is, I think, a little bit more clear cut, except that Margaret lives in the vicarage. Yeah, which is weird, which
1: makes me wonder
0: where the vicar lives. Yeah, and why aren't they trying to take that back? Yeah. She says when she dies, she's going to leave it to the church. That's nice of you. If they had a vicar, he could live there, but they're not alive anymore. Never mind.
1: (laughs) Church next Sunday is going to be pretty empty. Yes. This building makes everyone go on fire.
0: (laughs) Whole congregation.
1: (laughs) I'm a witch. Burn me.
0: (laughs) Well, and everybody in the village, it's, it's like they're all really angry, just looking for a reason to be angry.
1: They're, <laughs> they're like, just rabble. <laughs> and they're like, we're going to pull our kids out of the school. What? Why? And like, what alternative
0: do you have? Yeah. Well, Liz is a witch. That's why. They don't want their kids to be taught
1: by a witch. Did you notice the school was named St. Agnes? No. Yeah. That's interesting. They show the sign like kind of halfway one time. So
0: And there's also this theme about medicine, right?
1: Which is what makes it difficult for me. Because, okay, I agree with the doctor about the homeopathy stuff, right? I have a phrase I say, which is natural. The natural medicine that works is called medicine right and so i'm with the doctor there but the naked pictures of the 19 year old and the let's go away on a trip on a viking cruise and the way he lies to margaret yeah i'm not so much on his team there
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you know you you might you may be pro or anti-homeopathy that is neither here nor there kate is actually a doctor yeah,
1: she's the so least offensive she, homeopath. She there knows in.
0: what she's talking about. Yeah. Right. And yet he's, you know, he's threatened by her. He calls her a fraud and a mountebank.
1: He bangs on her door. <laughs> he and kicks look, her door. He kicks her door, and, and, and Scott and Barnaby look at him and go, huh, the doctor's upset.
0: <laughs> you should go home with him. I'm sorry. <laughs> if somebody is kicking our door in the middle of the night, something better happen.
1: Well, and they just left her house. Yeah. It, it's like they pass him in the drive yeah <laughs> He's walking by
0: all angry. I'm gonna go kick a door and they're like, oh okay. do you know what a mountebank
1: is? No, what's a mountebank?
0: It's the the term is a contraction of the Italian monta banco," okay which means mount a bench. okay
1: So well the doctor's all into what people's names name mean anyway yeah
0: malpass people who used to sell snake oil would stand in the village square on a box or on a bench yeah. and gather people around to show them their you know quackery medicine and that's why they call them mountebanks and in johnson's um original dictionary the definition of a mountebank is a peripatetic quack oh do you know what peripatetic means no it means wandering oh so it's a wandering quack wow She's a fraud and a mountain but he is a, a lecherous,
1: gross person. What does Dr. Cole bring to a relationship? Lying, deceit, and uh, the love of 19-year-old naked girls.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, nothing good. No. <laughs> nothing beneficial. Oh, she's a witch.
1: You know, I feel so sad for Liz in this episode. She's trying to do things. You've been here five minutes. Okay, she's still trying to do things and she doesn't get very good outfits. She she wears that gray sweater up to her neck the whole time. (laughs) I just want to unzip it and be like, you can breathe, lady. Right. And then second of all, in her house, when she's talking to Scott, there's a sticker on the cupboard. Um, On the
0: kitchen cupboard?
1: Yeah. And I'm completely obsessed with this sticker. What did the sticker say? It said Ella Friendly. (laughs) So it has a little person and an elephant. Like the idea is that you support animal rights. And like for me, because my school mascot's a rhino, I'm kind of rhino friendly. Right. Right. So if. So maybe she gave to a charity for elephants. If you want to see something super cute, go look at. Uh, the Denver's—I think it's the Denver Zoo—have a new baby rhinoceros. He's and, so cute! And they have uh, photos of and video of him online. He's, He's not as cute, cute as
0: Fiona the hippo. No, in the Fiona, Cincinnati Zoo. But. Fiona
1: the hippo in Cincinnati Zoo is a special place in my heart, and <laughs> and she's not—it's not as cute as that, but it's pretty darn cute.
0: But when you looked up Ella Friendly, you found things that weren't cute.
1: Yeah. So I am not a person who judges other people for their tastes. Okay. If you're into something that I'm not into, that's okay. But I'm just going to say that the furry community has ruined Ella Friendly.
0: (laughs) They've taken it.
1: Yes. The phrase Ella Friendly. And I did an image search for Ella Friendly because I wanted to find the sticker, and I don't know if I'm the same person now. You didn't have your safe search on, huh? No. No. Didn't have safe search on. (laughs) See what well, that's happened, okay.
0: I was googling how long to burn a body to ashes. <laughs>
1: don't worry. Cause before that I was trying to find out if Gemma, what's uh Jemima what's her name had any tattoos to see if they used a body double for the naked pictures or not. And so I was looking at all these pictures of her, and then next thing you know, I'm Ella friendly. I won't judge you on your browsing history. It's okay. Oh, jeez. It makes me not want to play bingo. Oh, so there's this scene. It's stuck right when, in the middle when
0: Margaret is. Uh, they're in the village hall and she's trying to rouse the entire village
1: to like burn Liz or something. What are they trying to? What or Kate? What are they trying to accomplish there? Because I tell you what, one thing they're not trying to accomplish is play bingo because no. they have a bingo sign behind it.
0: Yeah, and it's just like a poster board with bingo written on it. And I I guess they must- It's got like some numbers that make no sense at all. Yeah, they must pull the balls out and then cross them off on there, I I guess. guess.
1: (laughs) Just makes no sense at all. Worst bingo game ever.
0: Yeah, I don't want to play that bingo game. So that's Liz's sticker, but she's also got a weird mug or something, doesn't she?
1: Yeah, so she has a mug that has absolutely the most- Ironic words on a mug ever. So they give her a mug. And I don't think the people who gave the mug, like put the mug in there really read through the script because the mug says "Old teachers never die. They just lose their class. Wow. <laughs> and in the next scene, she dies.
0: <laughs> Old teachers never die. But young ones do.
1: (laughs) It's just one of those little hidden jokes in there that the set dressers must put in. They're like, oh, we got to use that one.
0: (laughs) Oh, I meant to tell you this already. Yeah. So the actress who plays Margaret... um, uh, Richenda Carey. Yes. She used to be married. Well, she was married to him until he died. She was married to Nigel stock. Okay. Who played uncle Rupert T Waxflatter in young Sherlock Holmes. Oh, another
1: Sherlock Holmes. He's the,
0: the, the girl, the main character, he's her uncle. Oh, he goes off the roof in the winged machine. Yeah. Yeah. She was married to him. So two weeks in a row, we've got young Sherlock Holmes connections.
1: Uh, if you missed it in last week's show notes, I put a picture that had young Sherlock Holmes, Young Watson and the the professor, which are all three people who have been in this season. Yeah, one picture had them all in it.
0: <laughs> and Agnes is the school teacher. Her name is is Maggie O'Neill. The actress' name. Um, she's the school teacher in the Simply Red music video for "Holding Back the Years." Oh. You remember that song?
1: Oh, yeah, I know that song. Yeah. I'll have to put the music video in the show notes.
0: Yeah. She's just like
1: wandering in a graveyard and stuff like Uh, that.
0: He's like packing up to leave and he's reflecting on his life. And there's a scene where, um, It's a school, it's a classroom and all the students are in their seats and they're throwing paper everywhere. And the teacher's sitting up in front looking like she's about to cry Yes, because clearly she's lost control of her classroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's Maggie O'Neill. That's her first acting credit. Oh,
1: okay. I'll have to put that in. Yeah. I had to look it up. I had to watch it. It It's like, Ooh, yeah. But certainly the person in this episode, and we we make fun of this, but the person in this episode that becomes most well-known is Jemima. Yes. Uh, Jemima
0: I'm guessing her last name is actually pronounced Roper, but it's R O O P E
1: R. Yeah. She's been in lots of things. A busy working actress. Yeah. Right. And she's in movies and TV, and you see her all the time. She's. She was like in a show with witches too and... Hexed. Hexed, yeah. Yeah, it's good.
0: She was also in Lost in Austin, which is a mini series about a girl who really likes Jane Austen and she gets... That's right. She kind of like gets stuck inside the novels. It's fun. Yeah. The other person who's in a lot of stuff is Matthew Cole. Okay. Which he's really young in this, but uh, the, the actor's name is Daniel Wayman. And right now he's in Gentleman Jack... He was in the most recent episodes of Foyle's War.
1: Okay, after that's, Acorn took it that's over. That's right.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's been in all kinds of stuff. Um, super recently.
1: Oh, that's good. It's good to see him
0: working. But the the person whose acting history I was most interested in was uh, Alan Clifford. Okay. He's played by Keith Barron. Okay. And again, he's been in tons of stuff. He's been in EastEnders. He's been in Doctors. He's been in yep. what you know blah, 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 all those shows. That everybody's in. But you, you already mentioned Countdown. Yeah. He was in 99 episodes of Countdown. Wow. Between 1999 and 2008. Like as the host? No. He played Countdown. Or he was in Dictionary Corner. Oh, okay. If you've never seen Countdown, it basically has two kinds of games. One is they draw a set of random numbers and you have to mathematically manipulate those numbers to get a target total.
1: Using all the numbers. It's a hard game show.
0: Yeah. And then the other challenge is um basically scrabble they they draw random letters and you have to make the longest word possible to win and so they have this dictionary corner which is the person who verifies that the words that the people spell from those letters are real words and he he wasn't always just in dictionary corner but yeah he was on 99 episodes of that show okay i had no idea in nine years wow
1: that's a lot. That's a lot.
0: But he was also in a movie in 1974 called The Land That Time Forgot, which okay. I'm
1: sure you've seen. So this is the American land time that forgot.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's set during World War II. A British ship sinks a German U-boat and they take the sailors onto their boat and then they get caught in like a, I don't know, like a whirlpool or something. Yeah, and when I've they come this. back out, they're in a different different parallel universe. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's got
1: dinosaurs, right?
0: Yeah. But the hole that I really fell down was this uh, game show in the UK that I'd never heard of um, based on Clue. It's called Cluedo,
1: which is what Clue is called. The board game is called in the UK. Yeah. If you don't know uh, uh, American Midsummer fans, there is a version of Clue or what's in England called Cluedo.
0: It's the original Clue.
1: Yes. With Midsummer characters in it.
0: Yeah. But the... So, the original Cluedo board game, the reason why it's called Cluedo is it's Clue plus Ludo, which is ludology. The study of play is ludology, right? So, Ludo is play. So, it's play, murder, basically. Um, But there was a game show of Clue. Okay. So, over a series of six episodes, they had celebrities as like house guests who had to solve the murder. Oh, they need to
1: remake this.
0: And all of the characters were there. They're, you know, Captain Colonel Mustard, Miss Peacock, all those people okay. were there. And every season it was an, a new murderer. Oh, no. And so they had to interrogate them and capture clues and stuff. It was on between uh, 1990 and 1993. And he was on a couple
1: episodes of that. Oh, obviously that would be full of people that we've seen.
0: Oh, so many people. And yeah. then I found it on YouTube and uh, yeah, lost like an hour and a half. <laughs>
1: Sorry. I'll put a re- I'll put a link to an episode on YouTube. Yeah.
0: Oh, and we can't forget that um the Reverend. Yes. Plays a Reverend in another Midsummer. So we've talked about him before. Jonathan Hackett is his name. Yeah. He was also Reverend Thorne in Who Killed Cock
1: Robin? Now, are they so in he plays Midsummer to- Are they in Midsummer Murder uh, Midsummer Parva? Parva? No. Oh, Who okay. Killed Cock Robin
0: takes place somewhere else. And okay. I'd have to refer to my spreadsheet on locations. But- okay um yeah so he plays a a reverend twice oh he just kind of runs around with his
1: hands in the air here
0: i think they just have a a priest's outfit that fits him yeah so when they need one they just call him back
1: i I can see that
0: (laughs) and he's so nondescript you know somewhat a receding hairline brown hair caucasian brown eyes normal average height average weight whatever yeah
1: call up him he does a vicar good.
0: You said there was something interesting about phone codes. Yes. So the phone and, code I obviously missed.
1: The phone code in this episode is 01632, which is the beginning of phone numbers in England, which is equivalent to the five 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 in the US. Ah. So you can't actually call numbers that have 01632 at the beginning. So it's so in okay. Tiny divergence. Up until the mid 80s, early 80s in the U.S., there was no 555 uh, prefix code. So if you see a number on television, if you're watching any American show, Canadian show, and they list a file, phone number, it's always 555 Because it's a fake number. It's a fake number. You, do you know why the reason that that fake number was created? Well, I mean, just so that people didn't try to dial people. Do you know what caused it, though? No. Jenny. The song by two eight uh, six Tommy, seven
0: five three oh nine. Yep.
1: nine. Tommy Two Tone. Uh, Make that song Jenny eight six seven five eight three oh nine. And millions of people across the United States called that number in their area code and annoyed the crap out of people. So that is why, because of that song, they added 555 to the North American number. I know far too much about telephone numbers (laughs) Um, because I worked in the industry and that's why they added it. And that's why you can't call numbers that show up in movies.
0: It's so it's so crazy to me that I remember it's 8675309. You
1: dial that number now and it doesn't work in any area code in in North America.
0: Wow, they should have charged him <laughs> like <laughs> all the trouble that that cost. Yeah,
1: he changed telephone numbers in North America because wow, of that. with
0: one song. Yeah. But boy, you put something to lyrics and it's it really sticks in your head. Well and I can't he, remember I, the phone number I had as a kid, which is when I probably heard that song last. And and yet yeah. I
1: can remember that. Well and that number he just made up because it fit the music.
0: Right. It had the right number of syllables It Had the right numbers.
1: He was more concerned about Jenny. And
0: he could say nine. Yep.
1: <laughs> so that's the equivalent of that. <laughs>
0: so i also know uh talking about like weird media artifacts in this episode well i got the weirdest one but there's the website the, yeah okay
1: so wow <laughs> barnaby gets on the web this is the first time barnaby's on the web by right. himself yeah
0: without cully or scott assisting yeah. and um, spurning- because he wants to know about spontaneous human combustion because right?
1: somebody mentions it it's kind of this add-on in this episode that is silly.
0: Well, b- because there's no source for the fire. There's no obvious source yeah. for the fire, right? They go to a
1: website and across the top of the t- website, it says the body is human candle. By the way, don't Google that either. <laughs> no, unless you want to be disturbed. Yep. Yep. Did that. And it shows uh, a website that he prints off as he's watching, it, looking at it. <laughs> At the desktop computer, the, the printer's on his desktop. So he's looking at the web page and then printing it at the same time. Anyway, when he shows the screen for just the tiniest of moments. You were able to pause it. I was able to pause it. <laughs>
0: of course you were.
1: I get the URL for the website that he's at. Because I was kind of amazed that they had that. So it is alternative science slash and then it's clearly not a website at this point in time because written after the slash is um, there's no.com com or org or anything. No, it's alternative science.com and written after the slash is the body as human candle with spaces. Right. Which, which you'll which never you see. You can't do. You have to have it. an
0: ampersand yeah, or a yeah. um, yeah,
1: hyphen or something. percent 20. Right. So uh, for spaces in, in webpage names. Nerdy, but I wrote a book on it. Wee so wee okay. nerd alert, nerd alert. So you can't do that. So I went to alternativescience.com. Do not go to alternative science.com. <laughs> My browser freaked out. I tried it on three different browsers. They all freaked out. They were like, You really don't want to go to alternativescience.com. It's a bad, 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 bad place. <laughs>
0: So you did it on our behalf. So none of us have to risk our computers going to the site. Okay.
1: Um, In addition, so they made this website. People are typing in the URL right now. Thank you very much. Stop doing it. In addition, I looked up who owned that website and it was all crazy foreign, like weirdness. It was like no registration I'd seen before. It was clearly not. mumbo jumbo? Oh yeah. There was stuff in there. Like you're, they're supposed to be address and telephone number, all that stuff was weird. It was all very strange. So
0: did you actually go to the site?
1: No, I couldn't. I couldn't. No browser would let me. It was just like, (laughs) no, no, no. I saw warnings I'd never seen in my browser before. I was like, oh, this is bad stuff.
0: Like when Google thinks you're going someplace that um, might, you know, install a virus or something, you can... You can click on the more information button and reveal a, a go ahead if you want to button. No, I didn't
1: even get that choice. It's <laughs> bad news.
0: Maybe you should download Opera or some kind of really thin web browser, do it in incognito mode on a junk computer, like on a Chromebook at school. Because <laughs> uh, now I want to know. <laughs>
1: yeah. Wow. It was not good. In addition to that one, that, one of our listeners is going to do this. That website <laughs> along the left-hand side has other little like biscuits with different areas that you can search, right? Like uh, a navigation uh, yeah, menu, and they include air crashers, atomorphs, which I, I don't know. I couldn't. I looked up alternative and skeptic science for both of those, and none of them are there. <laughs> Myths. Okay. CSICOP, which is the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry. Okay. And finally, just the last one said Randy's Million. And I knew exactly (laughs) what that was right (laughs) away. So this Canadian magician, he was an illusionist Mm -hmm. and a skeptic in the 70s and 80s, really predominantly, named... The amazing Randy. He was on all the television shows. Yeah. And he had uh spe- prime time specials. He's a very cool guy. I remember seeing primetime amazing Randy specials. Yeah. When I was a kid. And he he's still alive, first of all, which I was like, whoa. Yeah. he's, he's gotta be in his nineties. He's ninety-three. He's the same age as the Queen. Wow. So uh but Why it says Randy's million is because he put up a million dollars for anyone who could prove the paranormal existed. Definitive proof. Yep. And no one did it. Is it still available? No. The society that runs, uh, it's called the Amazing Randy Skeptical Society or something, they discontinued the million dollar pledge in 2015 because it had been. 30 years and no one had even come close and wow
0: people did try they did but he just shot him down one after another after another just Absolutely disapproved whatever it was they thought they had yeah. yeah
1: he. i love skeptics i love people who still like the best part is like penn and teller he was still an illusionist he did all these amazing card tricks and things oh, yeah. like that. But he was like, this is all bullshit. You shouldn't believe any of it. It's all illusion.
0: Oh, I've got one more fun thing. Uh Joe takes the picture of Matthew with the hog head in his lap. And there's also the hog head that is on the um The altar. The altar. We find out that of course the hogshead come from the fact that they did a hog roast.
1: At Clifford's house. Yeah, I want to go to Clifford's party. He's got like full gambling gear and yeah, lots of people. it Looks like a pretty fun this party. This episode has a lot of extras in it, and if you look closely, there are people from the village who are like witch burner who are also at his party. Yes, of course they are.
0: <laughs> so the but the symbol of a hog head being evil, yeah, um, is actually a uh, it's a, it's a reference to Satan, yeah. right? but there's the the connection is interesting. So if you look up
1: hoghead plus evil or something
0: like yeah. that. Everything is a reference to Lord of the Flies. The book Lord of the Flies.
1: Yes, because they cut off a hog's head and
0: put it on a stake. Put it on a stake. Right? But the reason they did that is the same reason why this hog head is seen as evil. Because of Lord of the Flies is another name for Satan.
1: Yes. Right? Beelzebub. That's what they call, like, the mysterious thing in the forest that they never see is the Lord of the Flies.
0: Yes. And the reason why a hoghead is Lord of the Flies is because almost immediately it's surrounded by flies.
1: Like a halo, I think.
0: Yes. Yeah. Right? So the whole idea is that it evokes that image. Ah, okay. Even though there are no flies in the episode, but that's, that's why the hog head is seen as a symbol of, of evil.
1: Okay. There's something that we haven't talked about in this entire episode that once we say it, you will be able to, you will not be able to unsee it for the entirety of the episode. We're going to ruin this episode for you. Lay it on me. There is something wrong with Dan Scott's lip. Yes, there is. He's not in a fight. If you notice, Cully, Barnaby, Joyce Barnaby, and Scott are barely in this episode. The Mm -hmm. three of them.
0: Yeah. But he, Dan Scott, on his, it would be his left side. Yes. On his upper lip. It's like his lip has been split up into his face.
1: Like he's been in a big fight or a car accident or something. Yeah. It's a major injury.
0: And at some points, you can almost see that there are stitches. Yes. And at other points, it looks either like they've put more makeup on it or that it's healed a little bit.
1: Like he is completely shown only from one side for most of Very the episode. Very deliberately shot from his right side.
0: Yeah. And I think you could, you could cut this episode into scenes and uh, rearrange it by the chronology of his lip healing. Yeah. Because it's clearly not shot
1: in order. Television shows and movies are not filmed in order. It makes no sense to film them in order.
0: But there are scenes where his lip looks freshly injured. Yes. And others where it looks like it's almost healed. And they make no reference to it. No. Which they could have done. They could have been like, wow. Maybe he
1: ran into the firefighters at the start, and that's why they didn't get there for two hours.
0: (laughs) No, that would be Troy's driving, not his, right? Of course. But they could have said... They could have made some reference to a brawl that he broke up or something like, well, you're looking worse for wear. Oh, it'll heal or whatever. And then they could have shot him from whatever angle they wanted to. But they clearly tried to hide it. Yeah. If you if you rewatch it, just look at Scott's lip. You will see it.
1: The other thing about Scott is he's constantly on the make in this episode. Yeah. Like Liz is like waving her booty out of her little orange car. And he's like, need like booty.
0: And then he's drooling over Joe too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but she's flaunting it everywhere. But, but, I felt like his relationship with Liz was kind of sweet.
1: I did too. I thought they. But then had Of course, a nice, she has to die. Yeah. Well, you know. And he's happens to old teachers. He, he seems <laughs> they never die. Genuinely bereft. He's very upset in the church.
0: He's in the schoolyard, and a little girl says, "Oh, are you looking for Miss Francis?" And he says, "Yeah, I guess I was." Yep. It's sad. It is. He should know better. Troy should have told him.
1: Don't do this, man.
0: Don't. Don't fall in love Don't with anybody love with related to any of your are. cases. They're no. all
1: crazy. They're all crazy. They're either the murderer or they're going to die.
0: Date somebody from outside the entire Oxfordshire area. Yes. <laughs> Long distance love affairs are the best. Well, we're already halfway through
1: his time on the show.
0: Yeah. So we've got three and a half bodies. Yes. We've got Alex, the curate who dies in the straw woman. Yes. We've got his the-
1: only bones. And an eye. (laughs) We see his eye, but that's
0: it. Right. Well, yeah, there's not an eyeball just sitting in the ashes. That would be weird. (laughs) Especially if it was still looking around. (laughs) George would be like, wow, this is really strange. There are a lot of people who poke at those ashes with a stick. Oh, my gosh. Throughout the whole episode. And they like just,
1: It's just in the middle of town, and we know how police tape doesn't stop these people. No, they're
0: just like poking it. Maybe it's because they see that eyeball still looking around in there. <laughs> right? So then there's the Reverend Jim Hale, yeah. who burns in the church. Dr. Cole burns but doesn't die, and Liz Francis burns. So who's the best corpse?
1: I'm going to say that Hale is the best corpse because it's the best effect of the burning.
0: Yeah. The stuntman who did that flailed well. Looks like Hale. Yeah. Does a great job. I actually think they did some CGI there. Some really rudimentary CGI. A little bit right at the beginning. They sort of superimposed Uh, the actor's face on top of the stuntman's face for just fragments of a second. Just a fragment of a second. So they must have looked pretty differently from one another. Yeah. And they thought they needed to do something to make
1: it look more like him. No. And it is the best stuntman effect we've seen on on any episode so far. There's some good ones coming. Yeah. Uh, What about after the credits? After the credits, no one's running that church and no one's going in it. The first thing I have is, this is the end of this church. Yes. (laughs) Do you think Alan... Oh, really? I got a job? It's in Oxfordshire? It's a little country parish. Oh, this will be. Uh, what, what happened to your old priest? What's and this, What about the curate? What's this black body outline <laughs> on the floor? What's this big rug out here? For?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so do you think after the episode that Alan seeks actual treatment? Now that Joe has said, I don't want you to die. And he's heard that. And he realizes he didn't want to
1: die. In my vision, because I'm a warped person. I have Alan dies and Joe inherits and marries Matthew. Oh, she does feel bad for. She does feel bad for Matthew.
0: Making him catatonic and everything.
1: There are two crazy ladies in this episode, but there are two guys near the edge. Matthew and and Hale are like one tiny thing. Sent, well, okay. It is a murder of somebody they love. Okay? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I understand that this might set you up, but they both go full crazy right away.
0: Yeah. And uh, what do you think happens to Margaret?
1: You think she realizes the error in her ways? Uh, Probably. Hopefully she finds somebody because even though I don't like her, she deserves happiness. You know who's not getting good is Dr. Cole because Dr. Cole is either at best disfigured for life. Mm -hmm. At best. Maybe he comes
0: back and lives in the vicarage and Margaret takes care of him.
1: Maybe, but she knows what's going on with him now. That's true. So Dr. Cole is in disgrace. Yeah. Absolutely. He doesn't, he fares the worst of anybody because he does no wrong in terms of actually doing an illegal act. If he had went away with Joe, she's 19, it would have been perfectly legal, Mm -hmm. but he comes out disfigured, or worse, and ruined.
0: Yeah, because Matthew's not crazy about him now, and Margaret's not crazy about him now. Nope. And his practice is pretty much screwed because he probably can't practice anymore.
1: And I have Kate Malpass has lots of business now.
0: (laughs) There's one person who should come out of this in a pretty interesting state, Mm -hmm. and that's Jed Fox.
1: Jed, okay, so Jed Fox and his wife are the two predominant villagers who are like, they're right hitting that witch button right away.
0: Well, you know, I, I think that he's the dominant rabble rouser because he's just taller than everybody else. Yes, he is. So it's easy to film his face over the crowd. Yes. <laughs> but after all is said and done, I hope he walks around going, sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I got out. Of, I, it was out of hand.
1: Sorry. Uh, yeah. I got a little. Him and his wife both get way out of hand. I was wrong. Sorry. <laughs> Let's go play bingo. <laughs> you know.
0: Oh no, that that witch fooled all of us into thinking that she wasn't a witch. She burned herself really, and you know, just to throw us off.
1: Yeah, I sometimes one like we need after the show midsummer where there's like years of trauma trauma that these people have to deal. Yes. like Matthew is not going to get over this very easily.
0: No, it's going to stay with them forever. Yeah. I don't think he can get with Joe because she put that hog head in his lap and took a picture of him and drugged him.
1: And just a funny thing I did.
0: (laughs) Really? I just did it to make your dad mad anyway. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but you were in my shirt. Oh, and plus
1: plus, it's pretty implied that her and her dad, her and his dad had already done some stuff. Something to make him think that there
0: was potential. Okay.
1: There's another thing. Dr. Cole gets the naked pictures of Joe. Mm-hmm. Right. It says the glories of Christendom on them. So right. clearly he knows they're for him. He sets them out on his desk. He tells Judy, who never appears in the episode right. that he's gonna cancel his first home visit client. Okay? And he pushes his desk back. What is he going yeah. to do?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but Margaret walks in just in time. <laughs>
1: because it's certainly implied that he's going to have a bit of a wank. Yes, I think so. And like, what kind of person are you that like, you get naked pictures and you immediately are like, screw work. I need to wank right now. I know
0: there's somebody home and so sick. They can't even come to the office. Ah, cancel it. Yeah. This is going to be a while. What? (laughs) And then fobs Margaret off on, oh, well, I was, I was taking these to the church to burn them because that's where you burn pornography is at church.
1: Never mind. He knows. Why would you burn those photos at church after the reverend
0: had just been burned at the church? Oh, the other thing. Okay. So (laughs) you're excited now. Okay.
1: Okay. (laughs) So they go in the forest. She gets naked. Okay. And has a tattoo on her back that appears and disappears. Mm hmm. And well-placed fur from her coat that covers her ass crack. <laughs> and he, she drugs him. And he stays out all night. Okay? Right. Okay? She delivers the pictures the next morning.
0: Who developed these pictures? <laughs> Clearly she did. Joe did. She developed her own photos. There is no implication that Joe knows anything about <laughs>
1: photography. <laughs> Some guy, at the chemist is like, whoa. Oh, you want these black and white? hold on. I need to go in the back room yeah, for a moment. <laughs> can-
0: can- cancel my first appointment of the day.
1: <laughs> I just, I have a note that says, who developed those pictures? And those giant, they are those eight are ten- and a half by 11.
0: Yeah, yeah. If not a little bit bigger. Glossy, black clothed. and white, they're yeah. RT. Yeah, they're well-developed, too, so she must know what she's doing.
1: I I, I guess. Maybe she learned it at art college or something. Maybe Maybe one of the security guys that are never talked about but are all over this episode are there.
0: Alan's tough guys with the black leather jackets and the headsets.
1: Yeah, who are just not even acknowledged in this episode. Why does he need so much security? I don't know. As long as he doesn't go in the church, he'll be fine. It's also not acknowledged who drives by in the limo. It's not him. No, that it's, it's by people coming to his party. It's people coming to, it could be a hen party out going between Midsummer Parva and somewhere else.
0: Well, and they're horrible bodyguards because the person who wants to kill him is the, <laughs> the person that they're not doing anything about. Worst bodyguards ever. Yes. <laughs> so that's the straw woman. What do we have for next time?
1: Okay. So first of all, you can find Midsummer Maniacs on Twitter, Instagram, and email. We post on the Facebook groups, Midsummer and Acorn and the subreddit, uh, or anywhere else we can find Maniacs at Midsummer Maniacs. So just find us wherever you want. Send us all sorts of things. You certainly have time to do it now. I I, I got a note from somebody the other day that said, I finally caught up. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, excellent. Uh, the next episode is episode 34 or uh, episode seven, uh, season seven, episode seven. One of my favorite episodes Ghosts of Christmas Past. Yeah. The first holiday special. We're going to have a little Christmas in April. Yes. It will be Christmas in April. And oh, it has magic tricks. It has suicide. It has the weird uncle. It sad has. Sad dog. Sad dog.
0: Yeah. But it also has Christmas trees and big meals and yep crackers and
1: crowns. And a kid, hopefully, I don't know. Uh, we should have seen that kid do more acting. Mm hmm. And hopefully you'll look him up and see where he's at now.
0: Until then, stay sane. Stay happy. Yep. Stay safe. Bye, Maniacs. Bye, Maniacs.
1: And written by Jeff (laughs) Dott.
0: You want to try that again one more time? What? Because you went, (laughs) just cough, get it over with. Okay.
1: I got the Rona.